out now on Press Gang Records, Buffalo, New York's Wrong the Oppressor Cassette. Ellis Horse, The Project from the Minds of Rob Antonucci, and Ryan Hex Cannabis, available on all streaming platforms. War self-titled 7-inch, available in black and coke bottle clear. Pick these up at PressGangRecordsUS.LimitedRun.com Welcome to Enterprise Hardcore Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Lyons. On this episode, my guest is going to be Ben Coton. As always, you can find the podcast on Facebook and Instagram at Enterprise Hardcore Podcast, on Twitter at Podcast Hardcore. Um, like I've been saying, I got a couple of different ways to support the podcast right now. Uh, I definitely want to shout out all the Patreon subscribers, especially those that have been supporting it all year. Uh, you're going to see some really cool stuff really soon, I promise. Uh, thanks to anybody who supported the GoFundMe so far. Uh, we're trying to take it to the next level with some video uh, content, even though I was just telling my guest off air that obviously I'm not the most techno techno savvy person, but we're going to learn as we go. Um, there's a ton of local shows coming up uh, on this episode. We'll probably mainly just talk about the ones that Who Decides are playing, being that my guest is in Who Decides. I know they have at least two local shows coming up, so we'll get all the info from, from uh, Ben real soon. So yeah, this is going to be episode 87. Uh, like I said, my guest tonight is uh, Ben Coton. Uh, he's been in a, a bunch of bands that you're probably familiar with. Uh, Such Gold, Who Decides, Taking Meds, and probably more that I'm not aware of. Uh, these guys, uh, this circle of friends seems to have like a ton of bands going on at all times, and it's really cool to see. Um, so yeah, we're going to try to go as in-depth as possible with those bands, uh, given the time we have. Uh, so with all that being said, how's everything going for you tonight, Ben? Yeah, everything's going pretty good. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you, man. I've been really stoked to do this. Um, like I always say, I feel like timing's kind of everything on this. Like I always have like a huge list of guests that I want to bring on. And then sometimes I'm like with somebody like you, well, let's let's see if they have a show coming up and then I can kind of like get you on and help you promote that type thing. So hopefully this will help get a few people to the bug jar this weekend, you know? Yeah, I appreciate that. No, definitely, man. So, yeah, like I said, we're going to kind of run through all the bands you've been in. Um, but let's take a step back first and kind of talk about your upbringing. I mean, obviously, I know you're related to a close friend of mine. I'm not sure if that has anything to do with like your, your musical knowledge and stuff. But just kind of take me back to the beginning, I guess. Uh, Yeah, for sure. Uh, So, 
you know, I was always interested in music. So when I was very young, just whatever was on the radio, I was definitely into uh, like some of the earliest CDs I remember having are like the Wallflowers and then like, uh, let's see, then like Green Day and The Offspring. And yeah, uh, my cousin Jeremy, our mutual friend, uh, definitely turned me on to a lot of bands around that time. But like we were, you know, he's a couple years older than me, but we were both pretty young at the time, you know, and uh, yeah, he, I like... He showed me a lot of bands. I remember one funny memory is like being in the church parking lot in his mom's van. And I remember he had like the family value CD, <laughs> the compilation. I was like, whoa, you know, what, what is this? <laughs> uh, you know, so, yeah, I, I was interested in all types of stuff for sure. You know, what's really you know, weird so- is going back to like maybe 2002, uh, Chris Ring. I forget somebody like gave me all the details after an episode because I mentioned this like once or twice on air. I think Vincent Minervino uh, remembers this. Uh, somebody was playing a show in Buffalo, possibly Rose the Red, but the Family Values tour is the very next day. And uh, like Papa Roach or one of those bands was in town and Chris Ring brought the singer from that band to the show. And we were all like taking Sick. our pictures with them. Like it was like some funny like gimmick or whatever, you know? That's right. Um, but I feel like now with like bands like Code Orange and shit like that, like you'd see more of a crossover. Like whereas back then it was like strictly like new metal and a couple hip hop acts on a tour like that, you know? yeah yeah and then one other funny thing that i've talked about on here recently is and we'll get to like such gold and stuff like that and i feel like like you guys and like bands like you guys and four years strong are like recognized as like bands that like kind of started the whole like stage diving to like pop punk type bands or whatever but like i've mentioned on here a few times recently that that your cousin and i actually uh roses are red when they would play watershed music hall back in the day we would be stage diving all the teeny boppers heads and probably annoying the shit out of them you know so uh, i like to give us a shout out for for kind of helping start that too you know (laughs) yeah for sure shout out trin city sunrise (laughs) (laughs) jeremy's like one of the first people i hit up about being on this podcast and you you know i mean you just i mean how long did you you said last time i saw you you did some dates with him recently right yeah uh, we went out to pittsburgh and detroit for sure he just invited me out for the weekend said what the hell had a good time Cause he's like always busy with that shit. Like I definitely want to do an interview with him sometime. Cause he's got like some, some crazy stories, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's like, he's always has such crazy shit going on. Like I saw he posted it. They're, they're going and, and playing like the pre-show for that one. We were young fest. Damn. Okay. Dude, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. You he's know? always, he's always doing something. It's impressive. So the last time I'll probably drop his name is when we kind of get into your bands here a little bit. Um, I don't know how many early bands there were, but I remember uh, New Year's Eve, 2006, probably like, top five drunkest i've ever been in my life <laughs> at uh dublin underground he booked a show with polar bear club i think headlining yeah. and, and one of your early bands blunt force trauma opened and for i sure. think that was actually the day that i probably met you for the first time i, I very very uh vaguely remember it because of again the inebriation that night but um was that your first band or were there a couple other projects before that yeah i had, I had a couple projects before that um that show was like uh was definitely big for us though we were so hyped and like still talk about it here and there you know what i mean polar bear club killed it i'm trying to remember I, there was a few other good bands that play as well but, yeah i really uh, yeah, that was a that i was have sick. no memory i have no memory of other bands <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah it was I, I don't i don't drink anymore for obvious reasons i've definitely talked about that on here enough and but yeah i mean i'm guessing at that i mean what were you like probably like 17 at that point or a little bit older yeah about 17 18 so you were just like kind of like getting used to everything. Like I, I feel like usually I know like when someone's going to be like, I can, when I meet somebody, I'm like, Oh, I can tell that person's going to be like, and I don't want to say an important figure. Cause that's kind of a, <laughs> a cheesy term to use for music, but you know what I mean? Like 
I think because of the fact that I was drunk and I probably just missed it, but like I knew once such gold started that you guys had something. So like, I guess what I'm getting at, like, is like, was it your goal from a young age to kind of be like this heavily involved in music like you've been for this whole time? It was definitely something I was interested in for sure. I wasn't sure if it was something I could actually pull off and do, but it was always kind of in the back of my mind. Like, yeah, that, that would be sweet if I could do, you know, play, play more music because like, uh, you know, it took a while before it became easier to actually do music all the time or whatever. So, uh, once I, once I got the chance to start like traveling or whatever with such gold, uh, I definitely hopped on. It was like, all right, that I like this, you know what yeah. I mean? So obviously I had Nate Derby on uh, some months ago, but um, did did Blunt Force basically just kind of like transition right into such gold or was there like a little uh, uh, break in between or were you guys already kind of talking about doing something? Uh, yeah, there was a break in between. Um, Blunt Force stopped playing. Uh, Skyler went to college in Boston and uh, I would run into, I was just talking about this tonight at our, at our friend Danielle's house. I would run into Devin Bentley here and there. Like he, uh, we talk about music and whatnot. And I, I kind of knew him before, but not that well. So we chatted a bunch and that's, uh, that's what such gold was starting whatnot. And, uh, kind of was like, Hey, like nudge, nudge, like, <laughs> let me, let me come play with you guys. You know, I kind of wanted to play guitar and they were like, well, we need a singer. I was like, all right, I could do that too. You know? So I guess, let me get this straight. Then you actually asked to join such gold. It wasn't like a thing where they came to you and they were like, we want like to start this band. Why you just sing for it or. Well, I was kind of like, hey, Devin, like, let, yeah, kind of like, let me come jam or whatever, yeah. you know, it'd be cool. And then, yeah, like, I get, yeah, I showed up and did like a saves the day song with them. And they were like, all right, well, you, you know, we'll see how it goes or whatever. And then it just kind of went went well, you know. And then I think you just mentioned Skylar was in uh, Blunt Force Trauma, too. Yeah, for sure. We so grew up like together. His, I was going to say, I feel like his name will come up quite a bit in this. Obviously, he's another person that I want to get on here eventually. Um, yeah. So you guys grew up together and I'm guessing you just been playing music together for the whole time, pretty much then since you've been in bands. Not exactly. Like our, we played in different bands that kind of played together throughout like middle school and high school. And you know, that's where we started becoming friends and we would just talk, like talk about bands and stuff like that, you know? And uh, yeah, Blunt Force was the first band we had together. And then I guess before we really dive into the three bands, like, sonically they're all pretty different i mean you could kind of take some elements of such gold and taking meds but like they're all pretty different like were you guys all like influenced by like tons of different stuff as you were coming up in the scene and stuff or first for sure yeah you know what i mean i've like throughout growing up i've always been like getting into different music going going and coming in waves and you know certain bands uh the good ones will stick but yeah definitely have a lot of different influences for sure and now, again, going back to the interview with Nate, I feel like the Polar Bear Club thing seemed like it was kind of an influence on you guys with when you were first starting this band. Are there other bands that you can kind of think of that you had in mind when you were like, not not modeling, but you know what I mean, like kind of influencing the sound and kind of what you guys want to do as a band? Yeah, definitely. I mean, Polar Bear Club was for sure one. I mean, they were, they you know, they are a great band, whatnot, and uh, they were doing it like in Rochester and all over the place. So that was sick. Um. I was definitely, you know, I caught the last marathon show. I was pretty young. And so I kind of missed that came in on the tail end, but they were great. Um, was definitely into like, you know, saves the day, um, bands like that bands like strike anywhere that were like a little heavier, but still in a very melodic world. Like when we started like that, that and like a Wilhelm scream bands like that. Um, I was really vibing with. 
I mean, one thing about such gold, you can definitely like the, the influences you mentioned are there. But like, if this makes sense, like you can tell you guys are a Rochester band, too. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, true. I feel like there's a crop of bands from here that like and it's definitely a good thing, in my opinion. I mean, I, I mean, I got hometown pride, obviously, you know, but it's like when you hear some of these bands, it's like, oh, yeah, that's definitely like a Rochester, whether it's a polar bear club influence or just like the way some and I mean, you said marathon, too, obviously, you know what I mean? Like, it's just. It takes me back to like the early to mid 2000s in Rochester for sure. Like when I when I hear a lot of your guys' stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah we... But it seemed like with with the band, things kind of picked up pretty quickly. Like, is that how it kind of felt on your end, or? It definitely felt like that for sure. You know, uh, Nate and Devin Hubbard had been in Heavy Hearted, and they had done like an East Coast tour or something like that, and uh, Devin Bentley had toured with museums. So they kind of had this idea, a little more of an idea of how it worked and how to like connect with people elsewhere, connect with other bands. I had no idea. It was just kind of along for the ride at first until I kind of figured out what was going on. But um, yeah, it did, it did seem to take off quick. Now, one thing I don't think I really remember asking Nate in the interview was now I know you guys ended up hooking up with like razor and tie and stuff, but like, were you guys like actively like, like pushing the band to other labels, like from the beginning, like with like press kits or anything like that? Or was it all just kind of like word of mouth? I think maybe some of the other guys were uh, initially like we put out our demo and like a week or two later, a label might called mightier than sword uh, just, you know, hit us up and we're like, Hey, we'd love to put out a seven inch or whatever. And we were like, man, that'd be fucking sick. You know, at the time they had like a really cool roster. They put out like a record. I don't know, quite a few cool records anyways. So like off, off the get go, we had that and uh, RJ, who ran that label became our friend and managed sort of manager, but like really like took care of us, you know, he'd show up and buy us bagels and coffee. And just like when we were broke, he, you know, he looked out for us. And uh, after that, we, we linked up with six, one, three, one, and did an EP with them. And they had like a killer roster. And that was like super cool to be a part of, you know, Joey's a very nice guy that runs that label and they, yeah, they put out great bands. So that was cool. And uh, yeah, we talked to a few different labels and like, for the full length, inevitably we went with Razor and Tie, which was certainly an interesting experience. Uh, yeah. That there were some ups and downs about that experience, but you know it, it happened. <laughs> I, I don't know if you got a chance to listen to my discussion with Nate. I was almost thinking about asking you guys if it was cool to put some of that stuff in there because he mentioned like how you guys with the advance <laughs> and stuff like that. And uh, I feel like I don't know if it was with all your deals, but it seemed like Razor and Tie. You guys don't have your publishing too, or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. Or yeah, probably not. Yeah. And that's weird because I listen to a ton of rap interviews and that's like the first thing they always say too. like, and again, 15 years ago, these like Vlad TV and stuff like that probably wasn't even around yet or whatever. You know what I mean? But like, if I was like managing bands now, it'd probably be one of the first things I would say just from hearing all of these rap interviews is make, like, make sure you own like your publishing and, and all that crap. You know what I mean? Like, cause I, I don't yeah. know why, but it seems like that's what they say. So, <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> sounds better. I guess own as much as you can. Right. Yeah. But I mean, I'm guessing that there was still, like you said, like what were some of the positives you think with like working with like a bigger label like that? Some of the positives were we got to work with producers that were like, you know, people that we like dream producers. You know what I mean? The, we did the first LP with uh, Steve Evans, who's done like just so much stuff. Lifetime to Dillinger Escape Plan to Sepultura to like a any band you could, you know tons and tons of awesome bands and he's just a really smart dude and we, we were very young at that time so it was like pretty intimidating but uh that that was a definitely a cool experience and then on the next record we got to work with bill stevenson and jason livermore at the blasting room which was 
also an amazing experience, you know. That's Colorado. Uh, so so that's yeah. Yeah. It, you know, at the end of the day, it's like because we worked with those people, it didn't make our record like, you know, it made it sound very good. It didn't make us, you know, something that we weren't, but it was just a, just to experience that is something that, you know, I, I value and uh, will always look back fondly on, you know. And and Steve Abbott's actually uh, bridges the gap between like my era and your guys's era, so to speak, because in the late 90s, when I was coming up, uh, I'm pretty sure Buried Alive, The Death of Your Perfect World, Hatebreed Satisfaction, The Death of Desire, like yeah. all these late 90s gems were all recorded by him at Tracks East in uh, New Jersey. I'm not sure where he was when you guys recorded with him, but um, that's just cool. You guys got to record with him. And like you said, he ended up doing like much crazier shit after that, too, obviously. So, yeah. Um, how many like how many weeks at a time would you guys go into these studios then? Uh, I'm trying to think probably like. About two weeks two maybe maybe three tops. Yeah. You know? Something yeah, like that. That's crazy. I can't imagine like like that's I was when I was interviewing somebody recently, I was like, I've only been to like one recording because when, when I had a label like 20 years ago, I went and re watched the band record and I just don't have the patience for that. You know what I mean? To like sit around for like two weeks and like help help like watch songs you put together like that. You know what I mean? Like, so kudos yeah, to you guys for having the patience <laughs> for all that. It's tough to stay motivated in those kinds of situations, but it's, it's also exciting and fun. So I know you ended up uh, playing guitar and singing eventually in such gold. So I guess that makes me wonder, like, did you have a hand in the songwriting process, like throughout the whole like, run of the band or, or... Uh, yeah, I've always had a hand in it. You know what I mean? Nate Nate writes a lot of the songs early on before the first full length. Tim wrote a lot of the songs. Uh, I wrote a couple of them as well, and we would work on stuff together and whatnot. So I've always I've always written some songs here and there. And I sure. know you play guitar in the other two bands that we're going to. It is guitar, right? In both those other two bands. Yeah. Taking bands and who decides. Um, but yeah, yeah. was this your first time like playing guitar and singing in a band when you when you ended up doing that in such gold? I, I did it when I was younger in yeah. like middle school and high school, but it was my first time like really, you know, yeah, really getting after it. Uh, but it was kind of exciting. It was like a it felt good to like have something to improve on and to work towards. You know what I mean? And yeah. I don't know. I I just really like playing guitar. I wanted to engage with the music in that way. I was kind of getting it was kind of getting old uh, being the front man for so long. Yeah, I could play like the three shitty chords like very shittily uh, and on a cheap guitar when I was younger. But I would try to like like strum and like try to do some vocals at the same time. I was like, I don't know how people do this shit. You know what I mean? Like it just I can never get the yeah. timing down or whatever. You know? I mean, I'm not a musician by any means, so that's probably has something to do with it. You know? <laughs> yeah, just just practice like anything. You know what I mean? Just repetition. So, um, I guess kind of getting into any sort of uh, I'm sure you have plenty of fucking crazy tours and tour stories and. Like, I don't know what the memory bank's like for that, though. But, like, any crazy anecdotes that you have from, like, all the years of touring with Such Gold? Uh, Yeah, I mean, there's, there's definitely plenty of stories. Like, definitely one of the wildest tours we did was, like, in 2011. At the very beginning of the year, uh, we toured out to California with Rust Belt Lights, a band from Buffalo, who was rad. Um, and then we flew to Australia and toured there. And then tour Japan and Europe after that. Following that, we flew to South by Southwest in Texas and like toured home with a band called All Teeth, and that was sick. And uh, so that was like three months. And I think I was like 21, maybe I turned 22 on it. And like uh, my best friend O Rock came with us, and uh, it was just a wild time. We were all very young, and uh, yeah, lots of interesting 
interesting times during that. Um, I got, there was a little bar next to one of the shows in Japan and uh, there was like an acoustic guitar on the wall and these just like businessmen were in there and they were like, kind of like putting together like, Oh, you're a band, like, you know, play us a song or whatever. And I was like, kind like, I, you know, whatever. I don't I'm here to drink. You know, and they they just like put started putting money down on the table. They were like, play a song, and they put like, I think like, you know, something like fifty dollars worth of yen. And I was like, oh, shit, all right, I'll play. You know, I'll play a couple songs or whatever. Had a little mini show for that. That that was one funny story. Was that how was it received playing it for a bunch of like randoms or whatever? Like, did they enjoy the music you played? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they really did, but they. I think it was just the experience. They were just like, wow, like these Americans are in here. What are they? I don't know. They seem to enjoy it anyways. I have no idea what they really thought. Is that, is that the only, I forget. Is that the only time you guys made it over to like Japan and Australia or is there more than one uh, time over there? We went back to both those places one other time. Oh, that's yeah. crazy. <laughs> yeah. That that's some of the most fun stuff we did for sure. Like I've never left North America, so I can't imagine any of this kind of stuff. I've always been envious of like bands that were able to break down any kind of doors of touring, let alone like, you know, needing a passport for it. You know, it's, it's pretty cool yeah yeah um, i'm very grateful for that had a lot of fun at what point like i i i don't think this like such goal was never like a full-time full-time thing right you guys always had jobs or was there a point where it was like that's all you guys were doing uh there was a point like that i think maybe at some point somebody probably had a job here here or there you know what i mean but uh early on there was a period where it, it seemed like we were doing touring at least over six months of the year you know sometimes maybe eight or something it felt like it anyways you know one thing i've never really thought to ask somebody when they tour that much is like when you come home does it feel like home or does it feel kind of weird like that end scene and um almost famous you know what i mean like... <laughs> it, it usually feels good yeah you know? after being out for so long it feels good to get home you get home get the itch to travel again yeah it's an endless cycle you know yeah Cause I know like every time I went out, I mean, I never went out bands, but like when I traveled around for like a week or two, or like when I traveled across country and stayed in Denver for a few months, like I was stoked to come back home. But then at the end of the day, I was kind of like, uh, you know what I mean? Like kind of wish I was somewhere else. I mean, I love being here now, like, having a family and stuff, but like, I know like being young, like traveling was like, like number one, like, you know what I mean? I can't imagine doing anything else at that age, you know? Yeah. Um, so I guess, I guess we'll kind of like, uh, uh, like, talk about some of the other bands too because you you formed like i didn't realize taking meds have been around for so long you know what i mean like i was kind of looking into it tonight looking at the band camp and like some of those songs are like almost 10 years old now right yeah i think i think we recorded a demo in 2014 13 14 something like that and that's when skylar was still in such gold too exactly yeah and that's that was when i wasn't playing guitar in such gold and i was kind of feeling like you know i want to like explore more on that you know yeah and we started that with like uh another person that we grew up with matt battle who's like you know been an amazing drummer since we were kids still mm-hmm. is yeah and and i know you guys have been active with that band for a while but it seems like you guys are kind of starting to, to pick up some pretty good steam now right or or am i like over 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 <laughs> yeah. that? I, I think so i like to think that yeah, yeah. like i I mean, I guess I've already dropped your cousin's name a few times on this and I think I've already mentioned this once in the podcast before so when I bumped into you at that show in Buffalo last month, I was talking to Andrew from Comeback Kid for a minute, and he was yeah. like, "Oh, you know Ben, right?" And I was like, "Yeah." And he was like, "Oh yeah, Taking Meds." And I was yeah. like, "Damn, man, all you motherfuckers know about Taking Meds too? Like those guys must really be getting out there." Like I know you've probably played 
like shows the comeback hit and stuff but like it's just cool to see like like people who are like in national bands like recognizing like bands from our scene you know what i mean oh that is cool i, I appreciated it those those guys are super nice they did take out such gold uh quite a few years ago and that was like that was huge for us that was a great time yeah i hadn't seen Love i hadn't man. seen comeback hit or andrew and like probably like 16 years i when i lived in denver in 2006 for a few months they that was when they were on that tour with gorilla biscuits and that was probably the last time i saw them honestly it's been a while you know so okay uh it's just crazy that some of these bands like them and terror and, and some of the other bands have been active for so long you know like for sure and still killing it both those bands i mean yeah. killing yeah. it just as hard as some of the younger bands like yeah yeah, Comeback Kid was great that night. We saw him in Buffalo, too. The, the dudes I were with wanted to leave early, and I was like, yo, we got to at least watch half their set. I haven't seen these guys in so long, you know? And I'm, I yeah. I was in the bathroom uh, rolling something up for on the ride home or whatever, and they started <laughs> playing one of the joints from the second album, and I ran out of that bathroom with the thing in my hand, like, putting my fist up in the air to, like, sing along. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm a little too old for this now, I think, you know? Like, so, but it, 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 <laughs> I, I love that band, man. It, those first couple albums are awesome, so... How, like i know you guys are working with smart punk now with taking meds but like did you guys was it more of like a diy thing in the be beginning or was there like label interest like right from the jump with that uh yeah we we had a friend help us put out some records for, from the jump uh that you know smaller a label to put out like indian emo bands and stuff like that and eventually uh we started working with near mint out of uh fort wayne indiana and which uh still you know, Corey, who runs that, still helps us out and whatnot. And uh, yeah, now we're with Smart Punk, just, you know, tra traveling anywhere that, that'll help us out, you know, and uh, they've been helping us out for sure. I honestly didn't even realize they were still doing stuff. Like, I remember Smart Punk from like like years ago, you know what I mean? It's cool to see yeah. there's still like a label and like like helping out bands and stuff. Um, now, wasn't it was it earlier this year you guys like what, there's like some kind of van problems or some shit like that when you guys were on tour? And like, uh, yeah. Yeah, in this in the spring for sure. Yeah, we broke down in uh in Laramie, Wyoming. Wyoming, yeah. Yeah. Jeez. That was um, uh interesting. Is that something that's happened to you guys to your bands a lot over the years, or is that like one of the first times you've had to deal with something like that? Yeah, no, we had a lot of lot of breakdowns for yeah. sure. When we when we started traveling, it's we had a lot of cheap vans that didn't last very long and had a lot of problems. And some some of them got us, you know a lot of places like i remember one van we bought for i think like a thousand dollars or something and we drove it to our first show in pennsylvania and as we pull in it was just like the steering column just like dropped out of the bottom it was just rusted off and it was like well uh, somehow i made it there and died in the parking lot that was nice at least wow. but uh you lucky you made it there yeah, and it was a, off on the freeway <laughs> yeah count, countless times so you know, I've gotten better at not getting stressed when that happens because it's kind of just part of the game. I think it happens to everybody yeah. here and there. And uh turned out we were in kind of a cool town. You know, there was like a real cool skate park there, a couple of movie theaters, you know. That's one thing that I realized from doing a little research and listening to an interview you did before. Like skateboarding has been a pretty big thing for you throughout your life, then I take it or yeah, I was pretty into it when I was young and uh I stopped for a couple of years and when um I was like during such gold touring, I kind of picked it up again. When Skyler and John joined the band, they skated a lot. Devin Bentley skated a lot. So, uh, you know, it was something we could do together and be active on the road. Cause like after being in the van so long, it just feels good to like move around a little bit and whatnot. And, uh, you know, yeah, I, now, now it's definitely a big part of my life. I skate a couple of times a week, uh, you know, shout out to the honey falls DIY 
that's in my town you know there's a lot of people who help and a lot of people who donate and uh super fun skate park as you know as well as the downtown park that's what i was about to ask you yeah, yeah. Uh, a buddy of mine in buffalo it looks like they just got the the, the go-ahead from their town in lockport to do one there too so it's, it's oh just yeah cool to see like so many different parks opening up in recent years you know uh i rode my bike to ithaca like two years ago and i got there in the middle of the night like 11 30 at night and there was like outside at night they had a skate park there it looked like and there was people like skating still and like late at night like that i was like i've never been a skateboarder because i could never figure out the tricks like i always appreciated the culture and the music and shit obviously but like i've always really loved like watching people skateboard so i even like stopped that night and watched for a little bit and i was like man it's so cool like it's like a universal language basically you know what i mean it's it's cool to see shit like that yeah. um would you guys bring your boards to like like weird like four far away places and like like other countries and shit or just like, like yeah domestic? really oh for sure yeah i started to bring it to europe i brought it once was like i think i can do this and then I was like, I'm never not bringing it. So fun. Yeah. You know, it's a cool way to see cities too. So just yeah. like cruise around and see stuff you probably wouldn't otherwise. Exactly. Um, so what, how much, like how much has Taking Meds been touring now? Like probably not nearly as much as Such Gold used to, right? Uh, no, not quite. But we're doing as much as we can, you know. We did a tour, a full U.S. in the, or like an East Coast tour in the fall. And we just did a full U.S. in the spring. Like, uh. Stay, you know staying as busy as we can without like overdoing it you know i think it, early on in such goal we were just like we'll literally fucking play anything like anytime and now it's like i'm down to play pretty often but you know i, I can't hang like quite like that maybe anymore yeah are there but if, have you guys... if we get good offers maybe i will that's what i was gonna say has taking meds done anything international yet or anything are you guys planning to just canada yeah uh it would it would be nice we don't have any plans to at the moment but you know I'm guessing, we will we will play anywhere that we can afford to, you know. I'm guessing you personally haven't done any international touring since before COVID, then, right? No. Yeah. Um. No. And then, like, do you guys have any any like plans for such gold, or is it still kind of like a pause thing right now? So, Nate lives in Florida, Matt lives in New York City, and John lives in Pennsylvania, and everyone is like pretty busy, so it's tough to get together. But we we've been working on a record for quite a while. For, for a bit, it kind of wasn't clicking. You know, we just weren't like feeling super soaked on it or whatever. Uh, and, you know, added some new songs, kept some old ones, slowly been crafting it. And uh, it's like I, I finished all my parts. There's like a couple couple little sprinkles that need to get done, I guess, you know. But, um, yeah, it's pre we pretty much have a record almost done. Are you guys still like on a label or whatever? Or would you be shopping this thing then at that point? Yeah, this label Mutant League is gonna put it out for sure. That's pretty cool. And then you, are you guys gonna like try to do some touring? I mean, I know obviously it'd be kind of tough with everybody being like in different places and kind of busy and stuff, but yeah, we're gonna do what we can. You yeah. know what I mean? We're not gonna hit it like when we were younger, but yeah, you know, uh, we're gonna try to do some shows. Yeah, Nate sounded pretty content with his his Florida lifestyle when I thought <laughs> he loves it down there. So. Dude, I, yeah. <laughs> I can't get down with like some of the uh, mindset of some of those people down there, but like when I went to Miami in 2008 it was it was phenomenal you know what i mean i would definitely if it wasn't for yeah. all like the you know you know what i'm talking about obviously if it wasn't for all those people down there i i you know i would see going down there more often you know but <laughs> some of those uh american flag type people kind of get to be a little bit too much for me at times so you know <laughs> yeah true i guess we could probably jump into to who decides and just kind of uh go back and forth at the end depending on how much time we have um sure all 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 uh 
all honesty, I'm sure you probably know with the name Enterprise Hardcore, uh, like like legit hardcore and like this kind of hardcore that you guys are playing is like my favorite shit. So when I heard when I first heard who decides during the lockdown, I was like, yo, this is this is some fucking real deal shit. I I I, I loved it immediately. You know what I mean? And then huh, only got a chance to see you guys play once at that um at Monty's Crown show. You guys, whatever it's called now, oh, Monty's cool. Crown. Uh, you know, the yeah, five dollar like, wait we wait we carry all those bands yeah um, that was a fun one what kind of stepping back like did you guys start during the pandemic or had you guys already started this band before that we started jamming in like january so uh when the pandemic hit we were like oh fuck you know well guess we'll record a demo yeah you know, it gave us a little more time to focus on it but we we had we had been working on it a little bit so again like such gold like pop punk hardcore kind of thing Taking meds. I, what do you call taking meds? Like I like for me, it's like a '90s alt rock type thing. But I don't know if I'm if I'm like off the mark on that. No, not really. Yeah, alt rock, indie rock. And yeah. What it, however, whatever it'll get people to yeah. like it. That's what it is. But then this band <laughs> is like like legit, just like 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 fucking good, fast hardcore. You know what I mean? Like when like did you and was uh, it thanks. you and Skyler? Was it you and Skyler talking about doing this, or were you guys all kind of having the idea to do this, or like how did this? Yeah, we talked this... about doing it for sure, and uh, we started it with our friend Christian and uh Ryan and Joel, all you know, all people we'd know for a while. Christian's not playing with us anymore. But um well yeah, no, once we started playing it together, we were just like, oh shit, this this is fucking fun, you know what I mean? And we had plenty of time to just jam with each other. And uh yeah. Are you guys all in this area now? Because I feel like I don't I don't really know Skyler that well, but I feel like I saw that he lives in like New York City or something or he was in New York City for quite a few years. But yeah, he lives in town now. He lives in around Aquay. Okay, so it's pretty easy for you guys to all practice if you guys are all in the area and stuff then? Exactly. I finally have a band where people live in Rochester and it feels good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I know you guys played, what was that, Boston with uh, Fame in them recently? Yep. How was that? Yeah. Oh, that show was super fun. Yeah. yeah. Fame was great. Peace Test was great. Dangerous was great. There was tons of good bands. Yeah, I, I ran into you the night before at that at that Dangerous show in Rochester. I didn't realize you were yeah. there driving out the next i guess i kind of knew because i had seen the flyer but i didn't really click that you were driving out and playing with them the next day or whatever was that like yeah. a one-off or yeah for sure we were supposed to play with them in new york city uh and the show got moved to boston and somehow they were like all right we'll still you know they were like all right we'll still put you on or whatever yeah uh, that was you know appreciate them having us that was super fun yeah um so yeah i know how many what do you guys got two local shows coming up in rochester uh yes who decides for sure yeah that's what i'm talking about right now who decides yeah so yep. who decides uh, this is going to air on friday so so while we're talking you know while people are listening this the show will be tomorrow i guess at the bug jar right saturday yeah yeah so what it's you guys sure. leaking leaking head and what are the other two bands street hassle and face first okay is yeah. one of those bands with dylan from from syracuse has been like a million other uh bands? street hassle has i don't think dylan's in it lucas is in it oh, okay I will say I saw them at the Black SS show in Syracuse, and they were really fun. Awesome. So I would, you know, I haven't heard Face First, but I heard they're good. So I would say get there early. Definitely worth checking out. I think I was telling you outside the show we were at last week or whatever, how long ago it was that, like, I always say I'm going to go to a show, but like having kids, it's like, I'll find out like 10 minutes before I'm supposed to leave if I can really go or not type thing. You know what I mean? Because my kids are really yeah. young. Like my son's four and my daughter's one. So um there's been a couple of times when when only shallow played their first show i was like i remember like turning to my girlfriend being like i'm not gonna be able to go to this and she was like no we'll drive you like but it, it's like sometimes it's really hard to 
to leave the house because there's just you know there's all sorts of chaos you know yeah but yeah. and then tonight i'm laying my son down i can tell he's getting sick so we'll see how that all goes Dang, but um good luck what that is that a later show too at the bug jar like a night show so let's see i think it i think it's classic time you know yeah. probably doors at eight and uh first band around nine is there like is that. there anybody like releasing anything or you guys just decided to throw a show together for like friends and stuff so i think initially we wanted to book the show uh our friend Devin Bentley, who played in such gold uh was is filling in for this band called public opinion from denver and they were going to come through and do a show so skylar locked down the bug jar for that their tour got canceled but we were like fuck it we want to do a show anyways and uh, i mean skylar really put the show together so i say we but you know <laughs> he did the work um it's a good line so yeah yeah for sure it'll be cool street hustle's fun i'm stoked to hear some of the new leaking head songs maybe that aren't released yet and I'm uh, stoked to see you face first. I think yeah, it'll be a good guys, one. Those guys, Leakin has got some stuff coming up too. With they got a record release show and their seven inch. So that I mean, those for guys sure that cool. show looks uh, looks like it's gonna be sick. Yeah, it's like everybody was talking about like how each scene was gonna be after COVID and stuff like that. And it was like when the lockdown first started. To me, like our hardcore scene was basically like the weight we carry. You know what I mean? Like, there's a couple other bands, but like that's like the most active band that's like been around and stuff. You know and now i yeah. feel like we're in a much better place like you guys them only shallow i mean there's there's like leaking head there's at least like five or six good bands here now you know what i mean oh absolutely forgetting. i you know? yeah i think rochester syracuse and buffalo are all like it from my perspective thriving right now a lot of a lot of good bands coming out of everywhere it feels uh feels cool like a win for western new york you know oh yeah no 100 percent. i mean i i felt like buffalo was the one that came out of the gate hardest like fastest because even like before everything ended there's all these new bands there like spaced and uh yeah. exhibition and what's their faces the oi bands like killing it right now uh violent yeah, way. Uh, way yeah yeah so it's 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 cool to see like i mean i feel i've always felt like that like even though like we're in rochester like anytime i see syracuse or buffalo like any of their bands coming up to it it feels like a win for all of us like we were saying before you know what i mean it's like for sure you know it's always um, been nice being in the middle of the two so you can catch shows kind of wherever you want so yeah so now that you guys are all here, like, is who decides going to do anything else, like, like record wise or anything? Are you guys going to record anything else anytime soon? Or yeah, we're actually we just recorded drums like two, three days ago for a new EP. I awesome. think like six songs, whatnot. Is that are you guys? Is there anything you guys can say about? It? Are you guys self releasing it, or is it kind of not letting the cat out of the bag type deal yet? Or well, we don't know what we're doing with no. it yet. No, but we're just going to record it. We had someone help us with the drums. We're going to record the rest ourselves and have someone mix it. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. Either way, I'm stoked on it. It's really cool. Like, I mean, the vinyl delay is a bitch, but like the studio aspect is so much different now than it was like 10 or 20 years ago. Like now you can just, yeah, like you're saying, like you guys can just record on your own pretty much and have and be okay like that, you know? But is, is there, if I, am I right? Or is there somebody in your band that's done recording before from Who Decides? Uh, not from who decides. No, no. Okay. Uh, John, who plays in taking meds and such gold is a producer engineer. You know, that's his career. He does a lot of very cool stuff. Now I was looking into all the dudes who play in such gold today. And if I'm not mistaken, that dude recorded the coil record recently, didn't he? Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. That band's that I, I said the other day, I think that band's going to fucking be bigger than turnstile dude. They're, they are so fucking catchy. You yeah. know, like I'm yeah, not usually sure. a huge fan of that kind of shit either. But when I first heard that EP, um that drives out east and all that stuff or whatever like i was like whoa this is like really good you know yeah absolutely 
Have you seen those guys live at all yet? Or I haven't. I would like to. Yeah, that'd be really cool. For sure. Um, and then I guess um, what other like what other kind of shows you got coming up for uh, like taking meds and stuff then? Uh, for taking meds, we got uh, a show at the Bug Jar coming up in August. Let's see, it is August twentieth. Playing with California Cousins, they're putting out a new LP, as well as Make It Stop and No Gumption. That'll be a fun one. Was that you guys and them together at the Bug Jar last month too, Kelly Cousins, or was that a different project? I feel like, or maybe who decides play with Kelly Cousins last yeah, time? Was, yeah, exactly. Okay. Any, any, any other like tour plans for any other bands or anything? Like, is who decides doing? Uh, let's see, who decides has a few shows coming up for sure. So we're doing that show at the Bug Jar. We're also playing um, Punk's Picnic at Genesee Valley Park on uh, September 4th. Uh, yeah, you, let's see. you guys are headlining that, right? The Punk's Picnic thing? Or is that just the way it's it looks? It looks like it. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. I, I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, we're also playing. We got invited to play in uh, Detroit at uh, Ride to Sculpture Skate Park. And it looks like a really cool skate park. So I'm, I'm awesome. pretty excited about that. We're playing a couple of shows in Syracuse, too. Playing awesome. with Gel and Exhibition All for All uh, September 8th at uh, Silver Street Event Center. We're also playing with Combust and Street Hassle at the Town Shop uh, September 21st. That's awesome. So a I few saw... shows with that, yeah. Yeah, I saw Gel's touring with fucking Ceremony this fall, too. Uh, saw that. Uh, it's yeah, cool. Crazy. They're really good, so that uh, happy to see them yeah. getting on some good tours. So... I'm like, like how how did you? I guess how but before we start wrapping things up, I guess like how did you um? So what I'm looking for, like I know such goal was like kind of like a full time thing, but then like COVID happened. So do you have to like work like a real job now or whatever? Like since then, or uh, I was on unemployment for a little bit. I did uh landscaping last year, and uh, right now I'm in between jobs. But uh, I help out a friend who runs a catering business here and there, and I uh, might start serving again. You never did like the whole uh like telemarketing thing in between tours or anything like that. No, no. That was like I feel like that was a big thing in the '90s. Like I remember a lot of bands would like go on tour and then they would just like work these like telemarketing jobs for, like a few weeks and then go back on tour or whatever. But I might be mixing that up with a movie I saw or something too. Who knows? Maybe I should look into it. <laughs> I know I had a lot of people that were working at that one in Henrietta years ago, and the one dude would always try to get me just to get the job so he could get like the bonus. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I don't think it works. There. I think they want me to work there for like a month or two first. And I don't know. I, 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 I don't, again, going back to the recording thing, I don't think I'd have the patience for like a telemarketing thing. Cause like, I mean, I, I'm definitely the dude who's a real asshole when I get calls like that. You know what I mean? And I, I would yeah. be like, the first time somebody like swore at me, I'd be like, all right, I'm out of here. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Cause I've definitely had like a lot of restaurant jobs over the years and I don't have the patience for people like, like being super rude like that anymore you know it's tough yeah um yeah like i said i'm sure we could probably dive more into such gold but i don't really have a ton of other questions um are there any other anecdotes or any other like um anything coming up or anything i guess uh let's see i guess there's some more taking med shows coming up uh the flatliners are taking us out with pet symmetry in uh november for four shows so I'm pretty excited about that. That's I think that's like all the shows I have, but uh, it's cool. You shout still, out the Flatliners; they're fucking sick, yeah. as well as Pet Symmetry. It's cool that you guys are still staying so busy. Like I said, like it definitely reminds me of like when I was coming up in the scene here too, because it was like 
people like Rory and a lot of other all those dudes, they would be in like two or three bands too. You know what I mean? So it's cool to kind of still see like a lot of a lot of the same people now. Well, not the same. You know what I mean? Like a lot of the same people from your bands, like kind of like crossing over and doing other bands together and stuff. So it's it's definitely a cool thing to see. Um, is it is it like pretty much like a like how 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 much how like how I guess how many days out of the week are you like doing like music related stuff? Is it is it are you keeping pretty busy with like practicing and writing and stuff or? Uh, I practice once a week with who decides for the most part. And then I try to at least a couple times a week, two, three times a week, just like sit down and have like a demo set up in the basement. Yeah. Try, try to force myself to write something. Some days it sucks. Some days it's, yeah, I think it's cool, you know, but I I try to stay in the habit of doing that at least a couple times a week. Yeah. Cause like I've noticed with this, like with the podcast, if I take like, like with the summer, I definitely slowed down because I figured people wouldn't be like as into listening to podcasts. I'm not sure if I was right or not, but I know like if I take like a couple of weeks where I'm not doing as much and then like, like, for example, right now I'm recording like five episodes in like four days or whatever. It's like yeah. the motivation sometimes can be kind of tough once you haven't done it for a little while, you know, and then like the editing aspect, like having to like go through garage band and all that. I'm just like, sometimes I just don't feel like doing that, you know, and it's so I can imagine like sometimes the motivation can be kind of tough or whatever, you know? Yeah. I, I I feel that way sometimes. Just gotta keep doing it. Come comes and goes and waves, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe we'll probably like maybe we'll re, re uh, touch base again, like in a, a few months or a year, and talk and t- do some more such gold talk and see what else you got going on. But I, I feel like for now that kind of wraps up what I had. Um, is there anything else that you'd wanna uh, plug or anything that I missed or any other funny anecdotes that you were itching to 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 tell my uh, listeners? I guess. <laughs> nah, I think I'm cool. Thank you for having me, though. You know, really appreciate it. I enjoy the podcast. I've listened to, you know, a bunch of episodes. It's cool to hear stories about uh, Rochester, Western New York in general. Uh, so, yeah, appreciate you having me. Cool, cool. I mean, I guess before I uh, do a quick little outro, do you have any other shout outs or, or you want to plug any other shows or anything? Or uh, No, nah, I'm good. I guess I'll just say again, you know, the 13th. I guess it'll be tomorrow once this is out. Show at the Bug Jar with Leaking Heads, Street Hassle, and Face First. It will definitely be fun. If you are vaguely interested in hardcore even, you will have a good time. I second that, obviously. Uh, a bunch of good bands playing. Um, so, yeah, I think this is going to wrap up uh, the episode. Uh, I definitely want to thank Ben for taking the time to do the interview. Uh, like I said, we'll probably try to get him back on again either later this year or next year and, and tell some more funny stories um as always thanks to greg benoit rob antonucci and jim Byrne for all the help with the podcast thanks to all the patreon subscribers uh new episode will be dropping on monday uh, i think that's the one with andre foisey i recorded a lot of these at once so it's kind of hard to keep track um thanks again everybody for listening see everyone real soon and stay safe <laughs>